Well, hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us. It is Sunday, June 25th, 2023, and this is a special edition of our World Events Update with my good friend and colleague, Randy. If you've been following the NBW podcast for very long at all, you know that for the last couple of years, we've had Randy on weekly as much as possible. There have been a few exceptions when I was traveling, but generally every week, uh, just to reflect on news items, current events, uh, world events, and just provide some commentary and uh, insights into what's going on, and, and then try to relate that to Bible prophecy and what the Lord uh, may be doing in terms of rolling out his plan of the ages. But from time to time, we have mentioned that if it is warranted, we would kind of break in between weekly sessions uh, and kind of uh, reflect on uh, current events. And certainly this weekend, uh, there was a lot going on over there in Russia. You'd have to be uh, living in a cave not to have seen uh, sort of the round-the-clock round coverage for about 36 hours, really, uh, Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, and just to kind of bring you up to speed, Obviously, the crux of the matter was um, the uh, Wagner Group, uh, with Prigozhin leading it, uh, decided to stage a coup against uh, Putin and Russia. They harnessed their uh, private troops that are paid mercenaries and marched toward Moscow. And, uh, of course, all the mainstream media was talking about how this is going to uh, explode and lead to World War III and so forth. But then, miraculously, uh, a peace uh, negotiation was brokered, and uh, Wagner ended up in Belarus, uh, and all of the troops uh, stood down. And now the mainstream narrative is that Putin is in big trouble. He's lucky he didn't get destroyed, and he's backed into a corner, and this is the most dangerous time uh, in uh, the history of this conflict between Russia and Ukraine. So that's kind of the mainstream narrative. Uh, as with everything, uh, you have to run it through the grid of scripture and you have to recognize that the mockingbird media that I've talked so much about uh, is always lying. I wrote an article this weekend called The Battle uh, Behind the Battle, The Battle Behind the Battle that just came out yesterday, kind of reflecting on these things. And I made some of these comments that we'll be talking about today uh, on that in that article. But the bottom line is when these Luciferians that are really pulling the strings of power throughout the world, every thought that that uh, you know uh, begins in their brain results in lies coming out of their lips. And so uh, you, you just have to assume that it's never about what it's about. Things are seldom as they appear. So I want to get Randy on to kind of give us his take on all this. I've been uh, talking with him offline throughout the weekend. You know, I, I really appreciate, Randy, you know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs that where there's no counsel, the people uh, fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Proverbs 11, uh, 14. Proverbs 15, 22. Again, without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I was reading in Proverbs 25. Uh, today, of course, is uh, Sunday, June 25th, and Proverbs 25 says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. And so that's what we want to do. Not that we're kings, but we certainly want to be doing due diligence here to try to figure out how all of this may play into this uh, uh, saber-rattling and, and, and impending battle, particularly the battle of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38 and 39 that uh, we've talked so much about way back since the beginning of this uh, Russia-Ukraine uh, conflict. So, uh, Randy, I'm so glad that you're available. I really appreciate your wisdom. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. 
Well, I'm glad to, I think I'm glad to be here. I'm not <laughs> sure yet because what we're going to talk about, everybody thinks is doom and gloom the weeks before, but they're going to look like a ray of sunshine compared to tonight. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And let me clarify too, we do still plan to have our Wednesday podcast as usual, uh, but we thought this warranted kind of a, a special edition to just talk about it and reflect on it. So uh, uh, stand by for Wednesday, unless something happens between now and then. Uh, but uh, so Randy, yeah, dive in, tell us kind of what you're hearing, what you're seeing and uh, what we, what, how we can make sense of all this. All right. Well, I have contacted numerous people, some that I've never talked to before, and I've gotten the basic um, idea of what's going on. Everybody's pretty much in agreement. So I'm going to give a little bit of background so everybody sees how it's all coming together and it will get into the good part. All right. Mel Gibson's movie, the documentary on sex, sex exploitation and trafficking comes out on July 3rd. That is called, called The Sound of Freedom. So remember that. That's one thing. The immigrants, the Chinese and Russian immigrants that have been coming across the border now exceed 10,000. Uh, they're all males between, say, uh, 18 and 41 to 48, somewhere in there. And we have no idea where they're at. Nobody's keeping track of them. And I think they're going to play very... Um, a very big part in what's just about to happen. Now, I'm going to try to not cause anybody to panic because we don't want to panic yet. But everybody I talk to thinks this is worse than what I do. So you, you've got an idea of what's coming. All right. Our little Titanic sub that just happened to go down a few days ago in the um, northern Atlantic. Now, I'm not going to allege. I'm not going to accuse. But that little sub was in an area where the buried um, lines, cable lines are, that provide all of the communication for the United States and Europe. Now, the United States knew that it had been damaged or imploded five days before we were told. There was a British ship there with the same capabilities as the Americans. They offered to help, and the United States said, no, we have it under control. Now, when you know five days ahead of time something has occurred, you hide it. Are you providing a cover for something that went on, something that was taking place that shouldn't have been, something they discovered? I don't know, but I don't think the story on that is even close to that. Uh, Mr. Biden, his problems continue to explode. Um, articles of impeachment have been brought against him through the uh, Congress. And, um, you know, he's been totally uncooperative. He's getting to be totally incompetent, losing his faculties, uh, and they're not letting it die. They're pushing it. So remember all of that as we go through this. And contacting some of my people, they had talked to a gentleman at the CIA that said Bard is sentient. He said it has been for several months. And Shane, our uh, computer expert, is going to check on that in the next week or two to see what he can find out so he can add that to his podcast in the future. And ju just to clarify, Bard is the the Google version of um, OpenAI's ChatGPT. Basically, it's, an, it's a competitor for ChatGPT. Am I right? Yes. 
and it's supposedly a little bit more advanced than chat GPT, but I believe, what was the name? Lemoyne, the gentleman that used yeah. to work there that said it was sentient. Everybody yeah. made him out to be a fool. Well, looks like he might be right. Now, if the machine is sentient, that means it can think for itself and it acts like it has feelings. Now, if you stop and think about that, think about the human emotions, fear, joy, everything else. If this machine fears that it's going to be shut down, what would it be capable of doing to prevent that? Yeah, well, we already have a test case of that. Just uh, recently, as I wrote about in a in an article, uh, the I think it was the Air Force. I'm not exactly sure which branch it was, but they were doing a test run and a uh, uh, AI drone, w- which w- was told to shut down, turned on its operator and and That's blew right. up in, in the simulation anyway. Blew up the tower where the where the operators were. So yeah, we we know that. These things uh, can, w- once you give them emotion, if they panic, they'll do what, you know, people in real life might do. And I don't know if most people really understand how serious that is. Uh, for a human to feel emotion, we know what humans are capable of. They're capable of crimes. They're capable of great, great things. <clears throat> but if you had a computer that way, I don't know if there would be a, an end to what it'd be capable of. Yeah. I think you would mention or you would discuss something with somebody as to it appeared maybe there was an evil influence in some QD or AI and computing. Yeah, Shane and I right, talked right? Uh, recently uh, on air about uh, whether evil spirits can impact and take control of technology. And the and the incontrovertible answer is yes. But I want to go back real quick before you you go much further to your comment about the Titan uh, su- submersible. Um, as we saw that unfold, and now in retrospect, knowing that you know it was known uh, by the U.S. government what had happened to that five days earlier than it was reported, it reminded me of uh, the similar circumstances surrounding that Malaysia flight MH370. You know that uh, still has never been found, although the official narrative is some independent researcher found p- bits and pieces of it and parts of it, and maybe he has. But the fascinating thing about that. Uh, tragedy was that for months they were looking all different directions based on satellite imagery and satellite uh, data that they were getting and some stuff that was on board the flight that was technological that the owner said well these things have you know uh, symbols that they send off or or not symbols but you know they have uh, pings that they send off anyway they they really were you know it was a worldwide search uh, involving all kinds of governments, and they were searching in all different places. And I'm kind of was remember being stunned as we watched that unfold. That how in the world in this day and age with technology can you lose sight of a major you know aircraft? And and I think the same thing is true of this submersible, especially since it you know uh, launched from a ship right uh, you know above sea. You'd think they'd have some way to to keep up with it. So the whole thing is somewhat fishy to me and does smack of a cover-up in my mind. Yes. Now, it's interesting that you uh, mentioned that flight. Uh, That came up in the conversation, too. The new theory, not generally accepted by the public, the media, or anything else, is that plane was flown to Kazakhstan. Mm -hmm. It was landed on a small runway to be used probably for some type of sabotage, terrorist activity, or whatever in the future. 
because now it's a plane. They can change the transponder on there, make it look like anything, and nobody will know what it's for. But it's very interesting you mentioned that because you know, this all starts to smell the same. Yeah, and what's interesting about that flight also is that one of the conclusions that they were able to reach with with a great degree of certainty was that at one point when it was last, its location was last known or sort of went off the grid, um, we we can compare data and we know that there were, I want to say two or three US AWAC planes right in that vicinity, which begs the question, what were they doing there and why were why were they tracking it or, you know, and then of course it's transponder goes off. So yeah, a lot, a lot of fishy stuff about that. It just goes to, to, to say once again, that it's never about what it's about. There's always something uh, else at play. Exactly. Now we'll, we'll go into our little Russian problem. All right. As we all were aware the other night, the Wagner group with Mr. Uh, I always mess his name. Uh, Prigozhin, I believe is yeah. how you pronounce it. Anyway, supposedly was leading his army against Moscow. We made a big to do about it. Everybody is getting up in arms. Everybody thinks world war three is going to start. Um, the problem is Putin wasn't in Moscow that night. So there was there was no attack. We find out now that Prigozhin is one of the few people that has direct contact with Vladimir Putin. He goes through nobody. Those two have been friends for 20 years. And it's, you know, it seemed really weird at the time because all of a sudden, you know, prigozhin has been a faithful servant and he's turned against his master. But now we find that the Russian special forces were never activated. Uh, there were no casualties, nobody injured, nobody killed. An arrest warrant was issued for Mr. Prigozhin, But interestingly enough, that was canceled today. We also find out that he's going to be exiled to Belarus. Now, where he's being exiled to just happens to be the place where the current Russian missiles are being moved into. Uh, he's more than likely going to be taking his troops with him. Now, you have to understand, his troops are criminals, malcontents, and not nice people. Nobody keeps track of them. Nobody really knows who they are, except Prigozhin and his administration. So when you look at all of that, it looks to me like, okay, this was staged. Putin knew that he had enemies and spies in his group. By doing this, basically, he flushed them out. And my information says that they have been neutralized. In Russia, that doesn't mean they were sent to the Bahamas. <laughs> that basically means there will no longer be body parts to pick up on. So if we look at Prigozhin going over to Belarus, we know that Lukashenko, which is the president of Belarus, is not a strong leader. He also has been very hesitant to get into a war with Poland, with Ukraine, whatever. It looks like Prigozhin, being the good friend he is of Putin, is moving over there to assume control of that. That way, if something goes awry, they can blame him instead of Lukashenko. But you have to remember the amount of missiles in Kaliningrad and that are being shipped over there right now uh, make a clear and present danger to the United States we didn't even have in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, there's no damage in Rostov, the place he supposedly took over. Films show some of the soldiers going out, laying down on the sidewalk. 
pretending to aim a rifle, talking to each other, then getting up and leaving after the news clip is made. So we're pretty sure nothing went on there and nothing is going on there. They're making a big production of showing all the equipment being sent back. I promise you that is going to end up in Belarus rather than anywhere else. We've all heard about the uh, really big um, counterattack by the Ukrainians. Uh, that lasted 48 hours. There is no more counterattack by the Ukrainians. Um, I talked to my uncle, the one that used to live in the Ukraine, and there are still some relatives that are there. They said that they are completely unaware of what's going on, except that their villages are being hit by rockets every day. Uh, supposedly got within a couple of blocks of one of their houses the other day. They've tried to get out of the Ukraine right now, but if they're not careful, they'll be enlisted into the Ukraine army. So they're taking the long way out to fly into Mexico, then to the United States. But that takes four to six months. So as long as this keeps going on, it's going to be tough for the people that are living there. They have no food. They have no water. They scavenge. That is how they live. They're still lying in their houses in the middle of the rooms, trying not to be spotted by neighbors or any of the soldiers that are walking up and down. But I noticed that the Ukraine has said, you know, we've taken this city. We've taken this city. Um, the Ukrainians have taken, they've taken nothing. Basically, they're on their heels. They're trying to get out of the battle. And Putin is hot on their tail. Yeah. And and in this age of, of social media, you know, it was quite clear pretty quickly into this 36 hour crisis uh, that there was no civil war. There was no even though all the media was calling it a civil war and, you know, uh, they're marching toward Moscow. But, you know, as you as you said, there were, you know, all kinds of pictures that just didn't add up and there was no nobody was killed. No, not one drop of blood was spilled. It just uh, it to me. Yeah, you know, kind of has all the marks of a false flag. And, and I speculated about that in my article yesterday. I, I asked uh, these questions. I said, could, you know, could NATO be drawn into the conflict? Could the battle expand and result in U.S. troops joining the fray? Could Putin use nukes, which would almost certainly create a World War III scenario? I said, these questions and more are running through the minds of world leaders. And then I said, or could this just be a massive psyop, you know, it, it, you know, you know, it's just, it could be just a, a, a aim, a, a, a psyop where Prigozhin and Putin are playing a role. They're in cahoots. As you said, they've been friends for 20 years. Now the mainstream narrative has always included some fighting between them in terms of disagreements and some pushing and shoving, so to speak. But still, they, they've always worked together. After all, the, the Wagner group was a mercenary group hired by Putin, if I'm not mistaken. But, yes. you know, the yes, one sir. implication of all this is that this was, in fact, a, a PSYOP. I think most of our listeners know what PSYOP means, but it's short for psychological operation. It's a common military technique where you, you know, foment uh, public opinion uh, in a certain direction by staging these types of events. So, is that where you are kind of leaning in your sort of bottom line understanding of, of what all this was about? Well, here's our two choices. It is the biggest PSYOP ever concocted by mankind, which Project Bluebeam 
that was basically what they wanted to do is get a false war narrative, get it set up, get it enacted, or there is actually an attack that is being planned. Now, seven out of eight of the people that I've been going back and forth with this believe that a cyber attack is imminent. Now, I'm not going to use imminent in the term of sometime in the next six months. They're thinking sometime in the next day or weeks. They are afraid that we're going to get hit with a cyber attack that we cannot survive. We're also worried about the 10,000 Chinese and Russian immigrants that are spread out. Now, we don't know if they have access to the grid, if they have access to that 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate. We don't know where they're at and what they're doing. Now, the government, basically, their thoughts are blame it on white supremacists, which they've been blaming everything on those lately. But I would tell everybody this. Um, a cyber attack is more than likely. I can't say exactly when, but everybody thinks it's right, right away, especially with July 4th coming up. We kind of messed up the uh, Russian anniversary, and now they're thinking maybe Russia would like to mess ours up just a little bit, mm -hmm. the independence day. And that, that could easily be. Uh, Russia has a, deployed in the Black Sea their militarized dolphins. These basically are guided by sonar, and they carry explosives. They can be used against ships of all sizes, and the United States has the same thing, but we've never deployed that. But they are they are basically waiting for their orders right now. The dew line, the distant early warning line in Canada, has been obscured and um, compromised by smoke for the last three weeks. Supposedly that cuts down on what it's able to see, even though it uses radar between the heat, the dense smoke, it's not going to be able to see low-flying missiles like it usually can, which then puts that into the realm of needing to have a satellite. Satellites are great. Satellites can only catch so much. Now, Putin made the comment again because he doesn't like the United States and he hates Biden. He mentioned yesterday in one of his speeches, he has two Sarmat missiles positioned at Yellowstone. He said, if we have to launch, we will launch those missiles. Hmm. Two major missiles into Yellowstone would wipe out the northwest portion of the United States and make a mess for about half of us. Uh, we also have the earthquakes. We have the uh, hurricanes. We've got four storms slash hurricanes in a row. I've never seen that in June before, and I've been working insurance claims for that kind of stuff for 41 years. So if it happened, it was long before I ever knew about it. But the Gulf is extremely warm. It's extremely vulnerable to this. And remember, we have HARP, the Russians, and the Chinese all have things too. Yeah, it's and all it, it's all weather warfare. It's totally weather warfare. We have we're experiencing it right here in Colorado, as folks know from our email that we put out. We got hit pretty hard with uh, flooding and hail. We're still dealing with it as I sit here. There's still water coming in uh, through the foundation of our uh, house. It's like we're sitting on a lake, and this is completely unprecedented. I talked to someone at church this morning. Been in the area 36 years. Lives not too far from us. Same general area. They said worse they've seen in 36 years. I mean. This is uh, the kind of stuff, you know, you don't think of Colorado as a tornado 
state, but yet we've right. had tornadoes, right. you know, all these hurricanes, um, you know, it's just, uh, they're talking about uh, problems with some of the dams in California. And it's just like, they're, they're distracting us with all this stuff. And then you're right. I think about the, uh, the cyber attack, there've been a se- several shots across the bow recently with little uh, regional uh, is- you know, technological issues uh, with, with cyber uh, warfare. And so, I think that's something to, to look forward to. And along those lines, uh, uh, the uh, Zero Hedge had an article, when was this? To, uh, yesterday, actually, uh, uh, say this was titled Eight Signs That the Futuristic Control Freak Agenda of the Globalist is Rapidly Moving Forward. And then it goes on to speculate with some pretty good evidence that, as you've been saying, Randy, for some time now, that the digital ID and CBDC concept could be rolled out even faster than we think. Now, you know, I've always taken a little bit more moderated position saying that in America anyway, it won't be an overnight thing where they're they're knocking on your door with Uzis demanding that you, you know, sign up. Um, but I do think that, that it's going to be rolled out and, you know, they're going to, create some kind of false flag that creates an unfreezing event, a crisis, you know, uh, in, in classic Hegelian dialectic form that gets, gets people fearful and then eager to sign up for such a thing. Well, exactly. I mean, we've been preaching this and we knew it was coming, but Shane made a very profound statement. We've been talking about the CBDC and Fed now. He said, well, wouldn't it be interesting if there was a cyber attack against the financial institutions with the government coming in right away and say, if you'd had CBDC, this wouldn't have happened. Mm, mm. And I hadn't thought of that, but wouldn't that be a way to just sneak it in? Nobody takes blame for it. Everybody's saying this is what we got to have. So let's institute it now. Or And that made me stop and think. Yeah, no, no doubt. Or, you know, not not so much if you would have had this, this wouldn't happen. But now that it's happened, we need to reset. We need a total financial reset, which is part of the great reset, by the way. And uh, since everything is is compromised and been attacked and, and hacked into, let's just start fresh with this new digital ID. By the way, I'm so thrilled. It's like a dream come true to me, uh, Randy, that you and Shane have connected. Two guys that I greatly respect. Uh, Shane, of course, I've known for over 20 years. Um, haven't known you quite as long, but many years. And uh, I consider two of you, you two to be two of my greatest uh, confidants and counselors when it comes to kind of interpreting these types of things. And uh, uh, recently, just through happenstance, you guys uh, connected. And it's like, to me, it's like putting a, a turbo nuclear powered engine on you know a 757 jet that was already capable of going 600 miles an hour now it's like tripled the speed it's like i have such a the synergy between you guys when you when your two brains get together and start speculating and theorizing and talking uh we may we may solve all the world's problems before it's all said and done i mean we might actually solve the Middle East peace process. That's how powerful the, the synergy between you and Shane is. So anyway, I'm glad to, glad to know you guys are, are collaborating. Well, I'm glad you have a high opinion of it. Uh, <laughs> great guy to work for because he thinks outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Like I do, we come up with some scenarios that truly, uh, they're scary. They would keep me up at night if I thought there was a chance of it. But, you know, as we were talking about this stuff, you know, we kind of got rid of the shaft. 
And we got right down to the nitty gritty and it's like, okay, more likely it's going to happen fast because that would fit their narrative perfectly. Gets Biden out of a hot spot. Gets the CBDC into the United States really slick. Um, brings the Ukraine to a close. Puts NATO on the spot where it's either get with it or give up. And I got to tell you what, it's, I don't know if it's quite as imminent as he thinks, but he could be right. And the problem is the government has no response for an attack on the grid or cyber. We're on our own. So you're basically going to be, you're going to wake up without electricity, without phone, without computers, and you're going to go, what just happened? Remember, We've been talking about getting ready for months. Get your food, get your water, get everything together. Because he and I both agreed today, there will be no notice if this happens. Our government yeah. probably will not know about it. And if they did, what would they do? And if they hit us that fast and that hard, um, it's going to be a jungle in a matter of three days or nine meals, however yeah. you want to look at it. So let's get back to the, uh, you know, Putin, Prigozhin thing. Uh, so just to kind of uh, bottom line it for our listeners, it appears to me that this whole thing was for show uh, and that it was put in place to to what end, would you say, to to justify some type of ultimate action against Putin, to, to rally uh, public, you know, sentiment against Putin. That, that, I mean, as I look at the headlines, you know, uh, CNN's headline right now, as we're speaking, says Putin appears to be at the, his weakest in decades. And, and earlier before we went on, it was something uh, similar that this could very well be leading to Putin's uh, downfall. Um, you know, uh, you know, you've got, uh, I'm trying to see if Fox News, Fox News is doesn't really they're dealing with you know how bad biden is you know typically that's the right left paradigm there fox news's headline is often biden is bad in in, in cnn's is trump is bad but uh right now um that, that that's kind of what all the headlines are saying you're seeing a lot of articles in various mainstream online news magazines talking about how this is you know a dangerous time because you know putin has been backed into a corner you've talked about that at length over the years that we've been talking that, you know, Putin's yep. a wild card. He's a, he's a wild card and you, you never know what he might do if he gets desperate. So I just, you know, as I talked about a few weeks ago on my misinformation uh, podcast, where I ex kind of explained how to interpret the news, you know, as I look at all these headlines, I see a common theme developing and, and knowing that they're all controlled, it seems like they're trying to paint this picture. Like, you know, something has to be done about Putin which of course is going to lay the groundwork to justify some type of war. Now it won't be able to justify it alone. They're going to need some huge false flag event like you're talking about, but am I, am I interpreting this correctly from your opinion? Yes, because what happened, Putin knows who his enemies are, who he can't trust and he will eradicate them. He also got Prigozhin, which is probably the most faithful, um, soldier he's got, one of the more ruthless soldiers, into a spot where he needed him. Because now Prigozhin is controlling the weapons in Belarus mm. and probably in Kaliningrad. Let's face it, Putin now is able to strike. He can hit London in three minutes. Mm. Lukashenko, you know, if he's not popular, 
he doesn't want to be seen as a bad guy on the world stage, worries about his people. He can say, you know, I didn't do that. That was Putin's right hand man. The damage is done. It's over with and whatever. But I would say right now that Europe is in greater danger than they've been. Yeah, and Lukashenko's think, a puppet. I mean, Lukashenko's yes. a known yes. puppet. They're all puppets of the Luciferians, but even you know, in in, in the mainstream narrative, Lukashenko's a puppet of of the powers that be. I think the Baltic countries, I think Poland, I think all of those countries are in more danger now than they ever imagined they would be. Hmm. You know, they had talked about Belarus moving down to the south if Poland ever invaded Ukraine. Uh, they better stop and take a look right now because I don't believe that Prigozhin would hesitate. And he wouldn't use soldiers. He probably has authority to use those tactical nukes as he sees fit. Mm. And he's more dangerous than Putin ever was. Mm. Putin is a chess master. He is smart. He is calculated. Prigozhin, I think if they just upset him someday, there's going to be some obliteration going on. So is, I think those goals were accomplished. Is Putin actually a chess master or was that a metaphor? No, uh, he plays chess. I don't know if he's a master, but when it comes to thinking militarily, you know, he's playing chess. Biden's playing checkers or tiddlywinks. Okay? <laughs> or Candyland, yeah. The re- it, well, yeah, <laughs> and the rest of NATO, they do whatever the United States tells them. So yeah. right now, I would expect a nuclear attack if any more attacks are made on Russia itself. And the cyber and um, EMP is a definite threat for the United States more than it has been. So if it happens, don't be surprised. And, you know, the reason I asked about him playing chess is that, you know, we maybe we can suggest a chess match between Putin and my son, Landry. Actually, both of my sons uh, are outstanding chess players, but Landry is is borderline master. I mean, he's won multiple tournaments and... um, so maybe that 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 can be the solution. Uh, you know, we can just settle it all at the chess table. But, you know, another another thing that I've noticed in the media lately, and it's so, sort of subtle and I think maybe just beginning it. We'll have to see if this this trajectory continues. But they're starting to talk about how nobody wants to see a Biden versus Trump uh, election in 24. And I don't know, I just, you know, that and you know, even some, some other articles from from the so-called liberal mainstream media to me they're all uh you know it's all a one-way street it's it's you know two wings uh you know on the same party on the same bird but you know there's several articles are talking about how even within the democratic party they're 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 concerned about biden and this and that and you're just starting to see here you know a year and a half out some inkling of you know they may there may be a a big surprise as to who's put forward and as far as trump it's still too early to tell whether he's going to be the guy, you you know, you know my view. They're all just uh, puppets. It's a selection, not an election. But it is good theater. It makes for entertainment, to, you know, good entertainment to watch it. Um, but you know, there's from a conventional standpoint, there's a very real possibility that Trump could end up in prison. Now, I don't know that that's going to happen. But if the Luciferians are through with him and they don't need him to play a role in their their latest, you know, the next act in the play. They may as well put him in prison because they can put anybody in prison they want to. They have the goods on everybody. Uh, and yeah. as I've said recently, that's the reason that, you know, Clinton and uh, Obama and Biden and none of these people are ever going to end up 
in prison because they they kind of have mutual assured destruction with each other. Uh, but but make no mistake, when the Luciferians at the top of the pyramid decide they're done with you, they can they can bring you down hard. So who knows who knows what how this is going to play out. But I just thought I'd throw that in there that they're posturing. It seems to me for some type of different uh, you know candidates in in this coming election. Well, when Moriarty said a month ago. 50 years of change in six months. I thought that was an exaggeration. I'm thinking he might have been right on the money because we're facing some stuff now we haven't faced before. And it keeps me up at night. I'm not afraid to die. I know where I'm going. Hmm. But just thinking of what it would be like if we were actually attacked. Uh, if it's in the summer, that's one thing. Think of this happened in the winter. Look at Texas under their sweltering heat right now. You take out the grid how many thousand people would die within a couple of days? So people need to understand we are, uh, the balance is starting to move. And I think something's going to happen. And I think it's going to be sooner than later. And the next two weeks, give me pause. Well, we'll just have to, you know, continue to make it a matter of prayer. Uh, I think biblically, we know that we're all supposed to be prepared all the time. You know, that's what Proverbs 22, 3 tells us. We want to take care of our family, our, our children, our spouse, and just, you know, obviously be about the Lord's work, share the gospel, go through life, uh, living for the glory of God, trying to make a difference in this uh, crazy mixed up world that's sold under sin. Um, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, you, you, things are definitely heating up. It's an urgent time. And so, whereas in the past, you might go a day or two without really thinking about these types of uh, eventualities, uh, today you might want to think about it these days uh, several times a day, because uh, it just seems like uh, uh, time is is short. And um, But I want to thank you, Randy, for uh, for coming on today and just kind of helping us uh, think through some of these things. Obviously, we're not infallible. We don't have any inside scoop. It's not like we knocked on the door of the top tier Luciferian and said, hey, give us the scoop. You know, we're trying to interpret. I wish we could do that. Uh, actually, if I did that, I'd just shoot him in the head. But, uh, you know, that would be the end of the Luciferian co-conspirator. But, uh, you know, we're just trying our best to navigate through this based on uh, studied opinions and, and uh, biblical prophecy and things like that. So thanks for being here. Any closing thoughts uh, today? If we are grossly wrong, it is Shane's fault. Okay. I want to lay, lay that out there right now. Well, I get all the praise unless they get a little bit of the other two. So. I've been blaming Shane for things for years. You know, if you've read my Spirit of the Antichrist books, you know, in volume one, in the introduction, I explained kind of my awakening to to how the world really works and what started me down the rabbit hole that is now 17 years and running of deep dive research into all this. And Shane was the guy I mentioned him by name. That's the same guy, but yeah, I love Shane. And uh, it's nice to have a guy we can blame all this on, huh? There is, it's kind of, you know, it's just like Purgosian things go to heck. Hey, maybe yeah. it was our fault. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are out there saying, I, I loved Leo Homan's article today. Uh, really appreciate his insight on these things. And he's like, you know, in some ways, Putin is in a stronger position now because, you know, he for the conventional wisdom is he rebuffed this coup attempt and came out unscathed. And so now that's going to in, in, infuriate the, the NATO alliance and they're going to maybe do something foolish. And so, you know, Leo's like, we need to pray for NATO to stand down and, and stop being so foolish. Well, I've I couldn't agree more. I've had problems with NATO for years with their imperialistic, uh, you know, mindset of going in and toppling you know, 
countries and, and, and you know deposing leaders and putting in their own puppet you know presidents and kings so well uh thanks randy we will uh meet as scheduled on wednesday for our weekly world events update but i really appreciate you helping me think through this hopefully it was a benefit to some of our listeners uh, as a reminder we started out with the it is the glory of kings to search out a matter and so we want you to search this out uh, don't just assume that we've got it all figured out study current events study the word of god and if you're listening today and you don't know the lord as always you know at not by works we're committed to the clear accurate and urgent gospel message and we want you to know the good news and you know the bad news is we're all sinners um, on the road to hell the good news is jesus christ died to save us from our sin and he rose again, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And everyone who in simple childlike faith trusts in Jesus as the only one who can save them is instantly born again, saved eternally, passes from death to life. Uh, their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and they become a child of God. And so I hope that you have done that today. Uh, we encourage you to trust in Christ uh, today. So thanks, Randy. We will talk again soon. God bless you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, tomorrow, Monday, I've got... Uh, Brad Maston back on from Fort Collins Bible College and Fort Collins Bible Church. Uh, we're going to talk about some of Satan's methods in trying to deceive uh, people. So you can look forward to that. Uh, probably be posted by noon Mountain Time tomorrow. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend.